you know, a lot of older people are not social media savvy. I mean, it's a newer thing. So that's fine. No harm there. And then you have the people who are in this space where they're millennials, but they think that their brand doesn't fit this type of model for marketing. They're like, oh, well, I only do events. So like, it doesn't make sense for me to show up. I'm like, listen, guys, no matter who you are, dinosaur needs maybe a different assistance. Like, Mm -hmm. right. They need some knowledge and what is Trello? How do we set ourselves up? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have the person who just needs a convincing by, by actually making the attempt and realizing that this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And what do we call this? Like, I think it's like influencer style marketing, but I don't like the term influencer because I think that intimidates people. Right. It's more like, it's more like thought leaders. Yeah. Like you are a thought leader in your niche and you should show up. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss, and today I am joined by Stephanie Saunders. How are you today? Hi, Yona. I'm good. How are you? I am doing wonderfully. Thank God. Yeah. Um, it's it's great to have you on the show. You are uh, just started your own podcast too, which is really cool. Look forward to yeah. checking that out. The S2 show. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to finally be on Weiss Advice. You have no idea. You're like such a celebrity coming on to LinkedIn. You're, you were like the first person that I saw. I remember we connected initially and yeah, you have an amazing presence and ability to connect people. And I really admire how you, you leverage all that. It's very cool. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And I do remember when you really first jumped in uh, full, full force into LinkedIn, which seems like, you know, ages ago, but it's really been, you know, about a year, like a little more than a year. Yeah. I really started, you know, social media, like intensity at the beginning of the pandemic. And, and I think you are like, you know, a great example of someone that puts in the effort, really gets the branding down and just goes all in. And right. it's been very successful. I mean, your business is a very niche service, which makes it easier right. to, to, to stand out when it comes to branding, sure. I think. But, you know, what you've done is really created that brand from the colors to to you know the fonts everything like very well i mean you're even wearing the same color shirt today uh blouse as your brand color. i mean like come on that's <laughs> right well you know what i think it's so cool that you say that like i'm because you watched it happen kind of like from the very beginning i keep trying to tell everybody that like mm-hmm. hey guys if i can do this like all you have to do is this it's super easy don't be scared like your niche service, it doesn't matter. It's cool. Get on. (laughs) It is really cool. And have you seen like, I mean, I've seen this and I'm sure you have, but I'd just love to hear because what you do is something called, uh, you know, we work for a company, public adjusting, and maybe touch on that for a second, because I don't think a lot of people really, I mean, I'm in the real estate industry and most people who are in the real estate industry may have heard of it or, or they know what it is a little bit, but, but I'd love for you to just tell us, you know, in a, in a short 
sentence or two, what is that? And, and how, really what I'm curious about is how has your social media presence really helped the growth of that company? Right. So public adjusting is definitely a niche service. Uh, we help property owners of all kinds. We mainly focus on commercial and industrial type of losses. Uh, but after an incident occurs, you as the policyholder, the property owner, have to go up against the insurance company. And you're usually at the mercy of their decision, or that's what most people think. right? So public adjuster is really the person you hire that represents your side of the situation. So it kind of puts you in a better spot where you can say, okay, insurance company, I don't necessarily agree with your findings here. I'm, I'm being quoted at a much higher cost to do this fixing and to get my property or my you know, community or plaza back in working order. So a public adjuster will challenge that and help you represent yourself and get you the money that you should be getting. Gotcha. Awesome. So that's, I mean, pretty straightforward. It sounds like yeah. basically anyone who has ever had an insurance claim, which happens sure. pretty sure. often. It, it's something that you need in your toolbox for sure. Yeah. But in terms of the presence, so, you know, it's really interesting because I think we're all in this weird time and tell me if you agree where SEO and like PPC, they're, they're not as significant. I'm not saying I'm not an expert there. Right. So like, that's not my vibe. I've always been in like brand positioning communication, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's a time now where you are an individual brand. So yeah. people want to know the story behind what your company is, who the people, the players are. Right. And I think providing my story has increased our presence and revenue by like almost a hundred percent. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you because social media has done wonders for our business as well. And it's really the same thing. Like people, I get, you know, the, the company of the worker, Madison Specs, has been around for 16 years. It's a you know, well-established, nationally recognized conservation company. And, you know, the CEO has been doing this for decades. He gets calls sometimes from people like, who's this guy, Yona Weiss? Ah. You know, I heard... I heard him on this podcast and uh, with like one of the most famous people in the self story, you know, just right. it's incredible. Um, yeah. But putting it yourself out there and getting that branding yeah. down pat so that people know immediately, like they recognize you, who yeah. you are, what you do. And, right. and there's so much opportunity out there. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself, well, I, you know, I post a little bit on social media, but it's really just, you know, my family and Facebook and Instagram and taking nice pictures and all that. Think about this for a second. LinkedIn is so prime for disruption by people like you and me have businesses, have services, and it's an opportunity to get known by hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even, you know, hundreds of thousands, I would say, of people around the country in the space. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think we have two tiers of people right now, though. So it's, I read something the other day, someone was targeting, I guess, older salespeople who are transitioning away from corporate and like creating their own company. Mm -hmm. And she referred to them as dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. So, and I actually appreciated this to a degree because, you know, a lot of older people are not social media savvy. I right. mean, it's a newer thing. So that's fine. No harm there. And then you have the people who are 
in this space where they're millennials, but they think that their brand doesn't fit this type of model for marketing. They're like, oh, well, I only do events. So like, it doesn't make sense for me to show up. I'm like, listen, guys, no matter who you are, dinosaur needs maybe a different assistance. Like, Mm -hmm. right. They need some knowledge in what is Trello. How do we set ourselves up? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have the person who just needs a convincing by, by actually making the attempt and realizing that this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And what do we call this? Like, I think it's like influencer style marketing, but I don't like the term influencer because I think that intimidates people. Right. It's more like, it's more like thought leaders. Yeah. Like you are a thought leader in your niche and you should show up. Right. Yeah. And establishing yourself as a thought leader, you know, is, is relatively easy to do. It just takes consistency. It takes a little creativity. That's for sure. Yeah, because you do have to stand out, especially yeah. if you're in a space that has, you know, tons of people, you know, if, if you are a real estate, you know, multifamily syndicator, and there's like 200 podcasts out there that are doing the same thing, you have to do something different than everyone right. else and stand out. Right. Agree. Absolutely. But agree. Still, still worth it. Even if you're in a saturated market, I just, it's really amazing to me that the even millennials just don't buy into it. They think, oh, but it's just because of your market. I'm like, how is it that you think public adjusting <laughs> is part of the market where we can do everything that an Instagram influencer used to do? Right. You know, like, come on, guys. <laughs> so are you using Instagram also? I mean, I just saw you there. I actually just followed you yesterday, I think, because I, I saw your name pop up somewhere. So it's funny that you say that, you know, we're talking about like trends and social media. So a couple of reasons that I'm on Instagram, but I had a conversation with someone on there and Instagram is so, it's so different. You know, they're like, oh, would you like to partner with different organizations to promote yourself? And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, you know, the standard Instagram influencer, they, they have a big following and then they post products. I get it. You can do that across many boards, right? You can do that with podcasts. Don't you do that? Isn't there something like support me coffee thing? Is that similar? Yeah, you could do that. There are, there's definitely, you know, avenues for people to help support the show for sure. Sure. So I guess... For me, I'm really just looking to show up. Like I, I'm not really interested in affiliating. I have several different things that I'm doing. So I don't want to complicate it more by marketing. So when I talk to people on Instagram, I'm getting a lot of that. But I was recently in Forbes, right? And I mm-hmm. posted something about it. I guess you could say activity on LinkedIn really increased Mm -hmm. and I was put into LinkedIn jail for this activity. Right. So it made me realize that if I lose my voice on this platform and I'm actually nowhere else, that's a big problem for me. So I decided based on that situation, I would at least start showing up everywhere else, but I do not find the same value as LinkedIn on any other platform. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you in terms of the, the value and the real real connections you're making uh, with people and being able to really show your show yourself, show your brand, show who you are is incredible on LinkedIn. But to me, it's even surprising. I mean, you are a millennial, right? It, it, to I, me, like that's like Instagram is like the platform for anyone, uh, you know, to be using. So I'm kind of just surprised. You know, I just think like I've had, 
I've had it forever and I'll, I'll be candid like for selfies and family vacations and friends birthdays. So the thought of, you know, posting stuff about business, people seeing you, they're like, what in the world are you doing? But now I'm like, this is what I do. I don't even post, you know, random selfies anymore. I just, I'm working all the time online. It's my new office, Mm -hmm. but I just don't find the value in Instagram. I think it's, unless you have a product, like a, a a t-shirt or beauty product, I don't, and you're running those ads. I just don't think that it's as valuable. Okay. Yeah. Well, That's what I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. Be, I think, I think you'll be surprised, you know, putting a little effort into it. I, I've, I've definitely found some value in it and I haven't put a, a really? whole lot of, uh, I just joined a few months ago and haven't put a whole lot of value, uh, time and effort into it. And right. I don't use the platform like most other people do use, use the platform, but I have seen, you know, a tremendous amount of people who are, like you said, thought leaders in the space right. that are totally focused. I mean, I'd say, 80 to 90% of their content is, you know, business or related and they're getting tons of traction through that. So I'm just curious, you know, I would be curious to revisit this with you maybe like in a year from now. Right. We'll have to, we'll have to do a little catch up and see what happens. But I think, you know, even Facebook, I find to be kind of just this like dead zone. It's just so saturated. And I feel like LinkedIn is becoming extremely saturated now too, but it's still this organic reach. It's not overpopulated with just these paid ads all day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you have, let's, let's talk a little bit about the S2 show and you have also a marketing company, S2 Marketing. What, what's, that, uh, what's behind that and what do you do? So I'll tell you that I, uh, a little bit of my story, I was going to go to law school. I was studying for the LSAT, the recession hit, the great recession. It's funny when I say that people are like, wait, was it really the great recession? Like, yes, you lived through the great recession. (laughs) There's a foreclosure housing crisis. And the only thing at the time that I could really find that was a lucrative position was in foreclosures. And it was working on the creditor. So I ended up, you know, in corporate America, I was doing sales, branding, marketing, um, and I ditched the law school thing. So from that, though, I learned all about the distressed real estate market. And I was dealing with like auction platforms and all this kind of stuff. So after I left, I really wanted to kind of change directions and help consumers instead of hurt them, which is how I found United Claims Specialists. So public adjusting. So I got involved, I partnered with them. It's like my passion project. I'm able to give back in this way where I understand what investors have been through, what they need, how to support that. So I've always been into marketing and I Mm -hmm. figured people are coming to me constantly. How are you doing this? Can you help me? Like, okay, I'm going to use my consulting room. It's going to be S2 marketing and I'm going to help people get their brand together and just, this is how you start. You don't have to, to spend $10,000 a month on a marketing agency. You know, I think marketing agencies are on the prowl right now because they know everyone is trying to figure out something new. Right. So I'm just kind of like this straightforward three tier. You got nothing. You got something. You just need a facelift. Let us get you going. And here's your how to and your look and your presence. Mm, okay. And like the, the brand storytelling and some video assistance, right? Gotcha. And the S2 show is really all the behind the scenes of, of professionals. Like I want to talk to real estate experts like you and like you talk to, and I want to talk to some people that I know that are doing things in the nonprofit world. 
because I also have a nonprofit that I founded during the pandemic. And it's really just going to be like personal life, but really geared towards, you know, like the climb of success. Awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. Sounds, that sounds good. You know, just having real conversations, getting to know real people. I think that's really what this podcast is about, too. Uh, that's kind of how I brand it is. Let's just talk. Let's see where, right. where the conversation goes. And hopefully the listeners, if you're still listening, are getting value to the, from this and, uh, you know, stay till the end. Right. I, I, I agree. It's really nice. Did you like Joe Rogan? I like, I, I like him sometimes. His style, yeah, I, I definitely like. like. He asks good questions. I like his style. Like, it's just a conversation. Everybody's mm-hmm. on the same level. They're just talking. Like, it's, right. I like to be able to, to get into that. It's cool. Yeah, very cool. So what, um, let me ask you, just kind of switching gears entirely now, because we talked a little bit about public adjusting. We talked about, you know, your show, your branding, which again, yeah. I think is really on spot. You even got like the, you know, the flower, the pink flowers on your, you know, matching your brand on your name on okay. LinkedIn, which is kind of unique and definitely helps uh, steer away some uh, spam messaging right. and things like that. <laughs> but yeah. How do you go about, you know, finding, this is something that I'm struggle with and I see you, you know, struggle with kind of the same things I, I assume. So I want to just ask your, your advice on this. How do you struggle with, you know, keeping up, you know, you have tens of thousands of followers, you know, keeping up with all the, the content, the engagement on all that and, you know, the business and all the other projects you're working on. What's a couple secrets to your success? Gosh, it's really hard to do all these things, you know, and I'm always like wanting to add more things. And it's just, I, you know, eventually you, you get drained, right? I think my number one was learning how to delegate. I'm a bit of a control freak. I'm a bit OCD. And I realized that that actually does more harm than good. Hmm. So I do have a really great team. I have an assistant. I have someone that helps me with, you know, doing design I think still to the point where I, I want to micromanage things because I have a very specific direction and, you know, so, but I'm trying to let go of that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's your team. Having a team is huge, but also in terms of scheduling like posts and that I lay out a plan, I use a calendar, social media calendar, mm-hmm. and I kind of have like, I don't have anything that's set. Like, I don't like this. Oh, it has to be like this. And it has to be like that. I think it's kind of natural. And that's, I enjoy that more. I don't want to know that every time I go on to Yona's page, like on Mondays, I'll see this. And on Fridays, I'll see this, right? It's not like, it's not the same. So I have a general concept and I really, I spend a few days a month and I, I put things on there. There are lots of things I want to talk about and those things change though too. Like, sure. you know, but I think that helps set the tone for it to at least be happening. So being organized and scheduled and having a little bit of assistance and delegating has been pretty big for me to maintain. You ever find yourself on top of that? Just like, on a whim, just like randomly, oh, this is something I have to post about, something I have to share. Absolutely. Just like All throwing the time. in there. <laughs> when I got into LinkedIn jail, I was like, okay, hold up. I have a video. Everyone needs to see this right away. I had no idea this could happen. And then that went up like the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Because, you know, it's good yeah. to have a calendar, but it's also good to be, be flexible. And, Absolutely. You know, when things come up, like I was literally just last night, I was listening to a podcast 
and something really funny happened on the podcast. I'm just like, well, I just have to share this. This is really yeah. cool. So I just like went and like made a post about that because I think other people would find that, you know, insightful, funny, you right. know, good, all, all, all the above. So it's good to, to have that. And I think that like it's your brand is you. And I think it's so important to just be yourself. Right not to have these kind of, you know, flashy cameras and everything has to be like perfectly set because people really want to get to know you. And, and like you said at the beginning, that's really the, a big shift that's happened lately. It's also the, the, probably the scariest thing. So when I realized that I was kind of like, wait, how do I, how can I be myself? Like, I didn't even know like what that meant. Like I'm supposed to just talk about me and I like took off the blazer and I was like, okay, I'm going to wear a long sleeve shirt. That's the color I like. That's my starting point. Like strip it down. Like basically it sounds ridiculous, but I think that people are almost in, more intimidated by, you know, not having that corporate shield or not having that business professional shield. Mm -hmm. So I think we almost have to just say, maybe just talk about like a story from your weekend. So you help people like ease into it, right. you know, but back to the schedule, I think even though you don't have to stick to it, I think if you're just starting, having that as like a place to begin is, mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference to also you seeing how possible it really is to, to show up. Absolutely. And that definitely yeah. helps it you know, if you have an assistant or you have a team, because once you have that schedule, then it's very clear and transparent and they can help right. make that happen as opposed to just kind of randomly trying to throw things together. Yeah. It becomes overwhelming, stressful, you know, you name it. Yeah. And then you give up and you don't show up for a month and then you come back on and everyone's like, Hey, where have you been? <laughs> you know, it's kind of the algorithm, right? It, you, you don't see the person then when they show up three months right. later. And I think it also has to do with just the missed opportunities. Um, there's so many, I mean, literally I get daily messages from people, yeah. you know, multiple times a day, just about this, about that things where yeah. it's really incoming business. And I think if you just kind of took a break, you'd miss a lot of that and uh, yeah. you'd miss a lot of opportunities. So yeah. there's really importance to showing up. I think it's a huge. Absolutely. For sure. And, and really, I think, again, you can do it however you want, and then it'll all kind of come into place. You don't have to like know the whole plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Let it, and, and it develops and it evolves as time goes on. I mean, think exactly. like you didn't plan to have this uh, S2 show uh, six months no. ago. <laughs> no, I did not. No. But you know, you're doing so many recordings all the time. And it's when you think of podcasts, it's like really intimidating. You know, you have all these people who are like, Oh, $10,000 will help you plan your podcast. I'm like, what? Like we, you know, you can really, people are on the prowl right now because they know that this is new for everyone. But like we're doing these zoom recordings, what weekly, daily, some of us, I mean, I try to stick to once a week, but why not make it a show, a platform, mm -hmm. like put that on, make it your podcast. You're doing it basically anyway. Right. So yeah. that's how mine came. It's a under really, really underrated uh, right now, the podcast yeah. space and all of the data that I've been uh, hearing about and reading about has, is just saying that it's just beginning to start to take off. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting a, uh, a podcast, you know, now's the time to, to do yeah. it. I think it also comes back though to uh, intimidation. I think people just think, oh, there's all this stuff that goes into it. Oh, you need a studio. Oh, you know, it's, so it's really, we're kind of proving during this time that it's really not that big of a deal. Sure. I mean, obviously, if you want it to be more professional, 
And sure. uh, there, there are definitely, you know, it's a whole production staff right. and you can make it as professional as you want, but right. you don't need it. Like we're recording no. on zoom. Sure. I have a, right. you know, a nice little microphone here and it helps the sound uh, be better and stuff like that, but it can be done with right. your ear pods or whatever. Right. No, so Clubhouse is really changing the podcast game. So I'm just getting into the podcast world. You know, I, I'm not clear on why everyone is so intimidated by Clubhouse. I think they're afraid that it's going to take away a lot of their audience for their daily downloads and their daily listens. But I'm finding Clubhouse to be like a, a unique world of its own. People are, are on there all day. You know, you can get really lost in it. But you can also find really valuable rooms and, you know, hear from experts and just quick, done, connect with them. The issue is you have to leave Clubhouse and then connect with them on LinkedIn to really see them because mm -hmm. you're not able to see much on the Clubhouse platform. It's just like a basic one pager. Right. Are you on there? Have you explored I'm not it at all? Yet. No, I don't have an iPhone. So that's really the challenge right oh. now. Debated so, buying one just for that, but uh, it hasn't right. happened. So did you know that they were um, evaluated 800 million already? It's only been, I don't even think it's been six months. That's pretty so they're going to be, I think they're going to be like the next big thing. Could very well be. Yeah. But, audio only platform. I mean, I see there's definitely value there. I've seen it, uh, but I also see the value in, right? Connecting, especially business-wise, connecting with people, you know, face-to-face. -face sure. So if you have to then go from there, unless they integrate, uh, you know, kind of visual right. thing into it, it might be more right. challenging. Sure. I think they're going to be like standalones. Like, I think you're always going to have the face-to-face -face as your next step, but it's sort of like an intro, mm -hmm. like, you know, for you, you know, to go on there and talk about your expertise with a couple of people and you have an audience of, you know, a hundred for this 30 minute slot you created. And then every single one of those people now, you know, found you and they find you on LinkedIn and then you're connecting face-to-face. -face. I'm kind of right. seeing it like a, it's like an intro to. Right. No, that's great. That's, that's definitely cool. So many out there and, I, and I'm sure in the next six months, there's going to be more and different, you know, things coming up like TikTok and all those other, other things out there. Right. But I want to take this opportunity to kind of transition into the final segment of our show, which is the final four. Mm. So we're going to ask you four questions. The first one we ask everyone is what is the worst job that you ever had? So it's funny because I want to say the worst job I ever had was during my days in corporate in the foreclosure, you know, representing creditors, but I can't really say it. So it's such like a love hate, you know, because I learned so many valuable things being in corporate, you know, all the politics, but if I really had to say the worst job, it was definitely uh, one of my larger banks at that time in my life was extremely difficult. And so I'll go with uh, working for service line. Okay. All right. <laughs> Second question. What is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So I have it right here and I would totally show it if you'd like to see it. Yes. Um, it's called The Golden Ghetto. And it's an interesting perspective on affluence. I don't know if you could hear me there, but yeah. affluence, right? Okay. So this is it, the golden ghetto. And I read it a couple of times and I just, I had it out because I recently did um, an entrepreneurship day for a mentorship group for kids. And they were like, what, what is the best way for us to learn more about how to think about money? 
-hmm. and how to think about success. And I was like, this is your friend. So it's really, it's an interesting read. I recommend it highly. It talks about like the different lives of everyone, you know, freedoms and our opinions of wealth mm-hmm. and how to kind of overcome that. So you don't hold yourself back. So I, it's a very cool book. All right. We're, we're going to put that in the show notes and uh, yeah. check that one out. It's a new one. Yeah. What is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I really, for no reason at all, like no need of mine, I would really love to master Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator. It okay. is a very, very, it's like a, it's like a, a whole school you need to attend college just to learn how to use. Yeah. They're very complicated. <laughs> I mean, that's why they, you know, pay graphic designers, uh, you know, <laughs> you get paid well, know yeah. how to use it. Right. I'd okay. like to learn it though. Okay. Very cool. Kind of nerdy answer, but uh, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely a nerd. <laughs> what, is, uh, what is, uh, so what's the, yeah, we're on the fourth and final question, which is what does success mean to you? Gosh, you know, I'll say this is so cheesy because a, 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 another nerdy answer. So look, success to me has always been money, right? Money, power, title. I talk a lot about, like, I always wanted this title and I had it and I had this huge ego. And then when I left corporate, I realized that this was the most ridiculous thing I had attached myself to, right? So now I think success for me is how, how I can make a difference in the world. You know, like I am, I am creating many different layers of, services, but they're all related to helping people in like an immediate need, you know, the foundation really targeting people with career pivoting and kids, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and then, you know, property damage. I'm obsessed with real estate. I'm a real estate investor. You know, I'm always watching distressed markets and buying bad debt, helping people with property damage. Like, so I think I just want to make a difference in a positive way while also hopefully making money. Well, there you go. There you have it. That's a another answer. nerdy answer. No, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, it's been a pleasure. Where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? So I, LinkedIn is my favorite, but also stephaniesaunders.com. But I, I definitely prefer LinkedIn. Absolutely. Well, it has been a pleasure, as I said, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Actually, we're going to, the tables are going to turn pretty soon. You're coming on mine <laughs> next. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thank you again for your time. It's been a... Thanks for having me. Okay. And to our listeners, remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.